when you're playing your Game Boy Color and you've curated that Pokemon team and you're ready to go defeat the Elite Four, you you obsess over it. And, and I feel like millennials sometimes do that in their, their own lives. You eventually have to stop training and go defeat those final bosses. And if you have any doubt, it will manifest itself in your actions. So it's very important to create safety nets. But once you have your safety net secured, you really can jump scared. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. This is your host, Jeff Tun. Today on Status Go, we're going to explore a topic that we have not covered in the previous three and a half years of producing this weekly podcast. We are going to take a look into millennials in tech. We've been hearing the stereotypes for years. They expect a promotion every two years. They're a job hopper uh, and want too much accommodation and flexibility. When it comes to tech, they aren't exactly digital natives like their younger Gen Z colleagues but they have grown up in the digital age and are much more comfortable with tech than some of my baby boomer peers. We're going to dig beyond those stereotypes and explore what it's really like to be a millennial in tech. Our guest today is Amanda Salem. Amanda is a project manager for Southwest Key Programs in Austin, Texas. I first heard of Amanda about six months ago when she was recognized by her managers as a top performer. I recently had the chance to meet Amanda and hear her speak to a room full of her peers and leadership. I was blown away by her composure, confidence, and energy. Not to sound too old, but I wish I had that much poise back in my day. So Amanda, welcome to Status Go. Thank you for having me, Jeff, and thanks for the kind words. I, I'm excited to talk with you uh, today because I know that your, your energy is contagious uh, and not to put the pressure on, but I know our audience is gonna, is gonna feed off that energy as well. Uh, let's start with a little bit about your background. Can you share uh, a bit about your career journey, how you, how you got to where you are today? Sure, I'd love to. So I entered the workforce pretty young as a financial assistant at a five-store golf course. So. You had a lot of uh, big ticket items going through this golf course, not just the golf course memberships, but these uh, curated ostrich shoes and gold tees for teeing off. It was, it was a really big deal to get that job. But I wasn't in finance for very long because I got attention from the cabinet because I was so good at using their software. And it was Jonas Software. I'm not even sure if that's still around anymore. But they put me into their member services department and uh, staff su uh, cabinet support role and really running all the operations off of Jonas Software and running their website, too, off of Constant Contact way back in the day. So I got to do some HTML coding at that time. Um, I did that for a few years before entering the Austin startup scene. And I was, I was there for a while, almost a decade, and, and I really enjoyed it. I was there for about 10 years before wanting to join the nonprofit sector, which is where I came to Southwest Key. And I've been here just about three years. Awesome. So what was it about uh, Southwest Key or the nonprofit sector that uh, 
kind of enticed you away from the startup scene to, to do what you're doing? That's a good question. So I had gotten very complacent in the startup scene. So I was developing SOPs for uh, softwares that had been uh, uh, past testing and implemented. And I did that for a very long time. And a friend told me once, uh, you need some grit in your life. And I tell you, that sentence stuck with me. And I thought about it for about two years, went through the whole five stages of grief off of that one sentence. And I wanted to do something that was a little bit more connected to a mission. And that's when I joined Southwest Key. I love that line. You may have just given me the title for our episode. You need some grit in your life. I, let's I, take I, it. I love, it. I love that. I love that. Uh, so let's let's back up a little bit. We'll, we'll come back to your current role because I do want you to talk to us about what you're doing today. But let's back up. I want to go in our way back machine uh, to what role tech played in your childhood. We talk about uh, the millennials, again, not quite digital natives because we weren't fully digital then, but you've seen it emerge. What what role did that play? How, how did that play out for you? Totally good question. So as a millennial, so we, we all grew up with cable TV. So all of us kids, you're watching the exact same shows, the exact same commercials. We all got the same things. And so it was almost like a little bit of a competition who could curate their Pokemon lineup on Game Boy Color to be the most effective to beat the final bosses, the Elite Four. And growing up with these these games like Tamagotchis, everything really was so curated. And then, you know, enter the MySpace date, uh, days. Um, my MySpace page was the most curated thing on the planet. It was the most specific color pink that I coded all myself with HTML code with falling lotus blossoms timed perfectly to Incubus's aqueous transmission. It was the best MySpace page on the planet. <laughs> that, that, that's funny. And I, I think when you were describing it um, uh, a couple of days ago when we talked, uh, Amanda, uh, glitter was involved in or glittery at least was your description for it, right? It was definitely glittery, and I did code that myself, too. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So um, I, I, I find that interesting, this, this uh, you were able to bring together what was a, a budding passion for technology, but mm -hmm. you were still able to bring your feminine to it, which kind of blows a stereotype of tech, right? For sure, because it's so crazy how it's 2022. And when you think of someone who works in tech, for some reason, we all still think of, of a man, maybe a boomer, could be on a golf course with a beeper and an antenna cell phone. <laughs> now, come <laughs> on. Where'd you see that picture of me? Come on. <laughs> Breaking the stereotypes here. <laughs> uh, 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 but you're right. When we think about tech, um, Unfortunately, today, we still think um, of a guy. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, w one of the things that also impressed me when I was uh, down there in Austin a couple weeks ago meeting with you all is that while it wasn't a room of 50% men, 50% women, there were far more women there than I am used to seeing mm -hmm. when I work with IT groups. Right. Um, and and so that 
you're you're kind of trend setting there at Southwest Key a little bit, I think, when that when it comes to that. But but growing up, um, how did 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 you envision uh, at some point that you would be making a career in tech? Is that something that you you wanted to be when you grew up, or how did that come for you? Oh, definitely not. It was not something I. I wanted to go into, but it's something I happen to be very good at innately. And I, I do think that it came from all of the technology we had as a kid. I mean, we, we had toys back in the nineties that they don't even make today. We had a Barbie with an electric mixer and she could make her own cakes. Like you don't see that anymore. So we were, we were these, these, these little kids. And you know, oh, she also had uh, roller skates that like spat fire. I kid you not. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and our parents don't know that we had these things. They just bought us the Barbie. So we really did learn how to not only use tech at a young age, but we learned to to do things on our own. And and that's been a really big theme in my life too, is is just, just to do things. And I really learned to jump scared because I was definitely scared of those fire-breathing roller skates, let me tell you. So talk to me about that i think the phrase you just used is you learn to jump scared yes absolutely what does that what does that mean jump scared yeah so i'll equate it to all these fun millennial toys we had and my corporate life that i'm currently Mm -hmm. doing you know when you're playing your game boy color and you've curated that pokemon team and you're ready to go defeat the elite four and you train through victory road and you do all of these things and you level up you, you obsess over it. And, and I feel like millennials sometimes do that in their, their own lives. I mean, millennial homes are immaculate. We have the most curated themed homes, perfectly potted plants. I mean, it's, it's a thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but going back to the game boy game, you eventually have to stop training and go defeat those final bosses, the elite four, and you have to jump scared a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if you have any doubt, it will manifest itself in your actions. So it's very important to create safety nets. And for me, that was my PMP that I obtained. So why did I get a PMP? It's not because it's trending. I used my millennial powers. I went on Reddit. I went on Discord. I went on the forums and I got the hot tips from my peers in my industry. What certifications are good for technical project management? So I got three different certifications. The PMP was the big one. And once I had that safety net for myself, and by the way, a safety net is is totally personally defined. For me, it was a certification. It could be something else for some a, a different person. But once you have your safety net secured, you really can jump scared and you can take those risks. And that comes from running a sort of gap analysis on your life. And what do you need? Is it grit that you need? Are you trying to propel yourself into a different role? Whatever you come to terms with after your gap analysis and secure your relation, your um, safety net, then why not jump scared? I, I love that. That's, uh, that's going to compete for the title uh, <laughs> with the, with the grit line. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think about that. So you mentioned you have three certs uh, and you mentioned PMP. What are the, what are the other ones that you have, Amanda? Good question, Jeff. So I've got the the PMP that I got through the Project Management Institute, and then I do a Lean Six Sigma. That's actually something that Southwest Key offers to all of its employees. So I actually got that here in the office, 
And I also recently got the uh, Safe Agile certification. So I'm a certified scaled agilist. And I like having all these different things because in IT project delivery, you're not always going to use agile framework. If you're dealing with something more tangible like security cameras, and right now we have a huge chip shortage and those things are not arriving. Uh, we don't know if we have, uh, if we need to keep our servers on prem or if we need to move them remote. So those types of more tangible pro uh, projects require a different method. So get a few things, some are harder and to get than others. And that way, you can handle all the different projects and kind of use hybrid project management to deliver uh, these technical solutions. I love that hybrid project management. So let's let's talk about your current role, uh, Amanda. Mm -hmm. The you're you're a project manager at Southwest Key. What is what does a project manager at Southwest Key in the IT department do? So kind of what's a day in the what 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 things are you working on? Sure. So uh, for me personally, I have really become the ServiceNow program manager. So I oversee the design, development, and implementation on applications specifically on that platform. And I, I do use agile delivery for most of those things because a lot of our apps that we set up are either a mandate by um, uh, what, something we need to do or we need have an audit response. And these things need to be set up quickly. So we basically do it quickly to get the MVP, the minimum viable product. And then we kind of complete a phase one. If we need to do phase two right away, we do that. But then we're able to log additional enhancements or defects along the way. So that one is, is pretty perfectly agile. But we also do a lot of, we have a lot of shadow IT. So, you know, whenever we talk about those security cameras or, or things we do for, you know, mobile audit software, those things tend to be a little just different in nature. So you might need some different types of experience to fill those kinds of gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where, when we were talking, um, you, you were talking about two types of project managers, mm -hmm. right? What are the two types in your view of the, the types of project managers? That's a good question. So for me, I'm, I'm really aiming to get more technical in my project management. So I'm really trying to get to be like a senior technical project manager. So I go to these, what they call them snug meetups, ServiceNow user group to get to know my tool. So that way, if a project of mine is to implement an application and something's going on, the app has a defect, I might be able to look and diagnose what's going on right away instead of putting it on an agile board and waiting for our developers who happen to be based in India, they're not going to see it for the next 12 hours. So that can get tricky. So if I know how to do things myself and I really know my tools, then it can be very beneficial. So that's um, a technical project manager. You also have the IT project managers who are really good at being liaisons with the business. So they work with procurement to uh, implement hardware and phones and making sure people have those more tangible technical solutions that you know don't live in app world, which is kind of mostly where I spend my time these days. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think the other the other phrase that you that you've used in the past is citizen developer. Mm, uh, there you go. So so you're 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 project manager for these ServiceNow projects, but you're also uh, I'll call it dabbling dabbling in code. 
while you're while you're running the projects as well, right? Well, luckily we have those developers to actually code things. So, yeah. <laughs> but because of those MySpace days, <laughs> I, I do. Okay. I, now, have have you put a glittery skin on your ServiceNow portal? Please tell me no. Oh no! Now I do. I do blackout everything. So <laughs> dark mode all the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like okay. a spaceship on my monitor. Um, so, so I'm not actually coding here right now. I don't think I'm, I'm, uh, there yet to actually put code into service now, but because I have a little bit of a knowledge of code, sometimes I can look what they're doing and see what they've done and be able to deliver that information to my project teams. It looks like yesterday, you know, this update set was completed, or it looks like yesterday we had this new dashboard configured for you. So I, I am able to speak on my projects better. And I really feel like drive them in a more productive way just by knowing a little bit more about tech. Well, and, and I think that's incredibly helpful um, if you've got that skill in addition to the certifications in the, the project manager role uh, or the agilist role to understand the tech helps you not only communicate with your project team, but probably helps you communicate with the developers themselves, right? Because you can kind of talk that same language. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm on the, the phone with our developer constantly because we are driving these projects. Yeah. We understand each other. We understand what we're doing. I speak his language and that makes for a very successful project. It does. How do you, on the flip side of that, how do you balance that with talking business with the business? Because I'm sure you have to interact with the, the people that are in the programs, uh, programs being uh, the divisions of Southwest Key, basically. So how do you balance that uh, as you're moving throughout your day? Sure, and you know, again, it's, it's tech to the rescue. So because I know my product and I know exactly what those developers did, overnight because they're in a different time zone and because I meet with our in-house developer frequently, I know exactly what's going on in every app at, um, at all times. So I'm able to pull up the environment for the, the business uh, units and, and they might not be the most technical. They might be more boots on the ground, but they really appreciate seeing it. Even if they, even if I pull up my agile board and they're, they don't know what they're looking at. They, they really appreciate someone who knows what's going on and being able to deliver them accurate up-to-date updates on their project because again a lot of our projects are mandated so we have to uh, get them successful pretty quickly and a lot depends on our projects here to support the kids i, I, I want to talk in a minute about um, maybe biases that you might have experienced but before we get to that uh, I, I got to ask you because uh, your your energy, your passion for what you're doing there at Southwest Key, are you more drawn to the mission of Southwest Key or are you drawn to the work that you're doing at Southwest Key? Does that make sense? Of course it does. I think what you're asking is, is, is am I connected to the mission, which of course the answer is yes. And also, am I committed to my development here? And the answer is also yes. So I did have that very cushy startup job, again, when my friend told me, got to get some grit, Amanda. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, 
going into the start the the nonprofit sector, I was so excited to do something and to, that I feel really good about and that it gives me a reason to do what I'm doing. So the Southwest Key Mission is great. It has so many supporters and it's it really is a family here. And this is a fantastic place to be and it does some fantastic things. And also, I love the personal career development I'm gaining here because I learn something new every day. And because we are uh, government contractors, you know, we really do operate off of whatever the federal government needs us to do for the kids. So sometimes these things kind of come out of nowhere and we respond to them and learning how to pivot to support the business constantly. It's, it's been awesome. It's been a really good um, growth curve for me. I, I, I love that you've been able to tie this passion for technology and and the mission and see how what you're doing impacts the the end result, right? Impacts the 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 kids that are served by the mission of Southwest Key. Let's do jump to biases. I, I started out by talking about uh, some of the biases that um, uh, millennials have or, or not have but are seen having right um and when i googled that in preparation for this there were dozens and dozens and dozens oh uh, my <laughs> came up but i'm sure if i googled the same thing about baby boomers you'd see the same kind of biases uh, on the opposite end of the scale um, have you have you encountered any of those stereotypical biases um, not necessarily at Southwest Key, but even in the startup world where um, maybe people have discounted you because you're not a baby boomer, right? You're, you're, you're mm -hmm. earlier in your career. Have you, have you run into those? Yes. And I say, I, I feel like there's never anything I do in life that I, I just either feel like I'm too young for it or too old for it. Like nothing is ever opportune. So <laughs> let me just drop that line there. <laughs> but yes, for whatever reason, maybe because millennials were so zeroed in on all of our video games growing up, we, we do have that stereotype and, and I have had to fight it a little bit. And so something, it's kind of just a weird personal thing that I do. So when I was in my twenties, I used to go clothes shopping and I'd say, what would a 35 year old wear? And that's what I would buy. And now that I'm in my thirties, I'm like, what would a 40 year old wear? And that's what I buy. So mm -hmm. unfortunately I do still kind of have to fight that stereotype a little bit um, by pretending I'm older than I am or just having that aura, I suppose. <laughs> kind of, kind of dressing for that next role, so to speak. Right. Um, totally. Uh, as you're doing that. Um, so this, the stereotype, one of the things that, that uh, I, I keep seeing, especially in the tech space, is because you grew up with tech um, and, you know, video games and, you know, the evolution of the cell phone to the smartphone, um, people sometimes assume because you know how to use it, you know how it works. Have you run into that? So if, so one, wondering if I know how my phone works. 
Yeah, well, well, someone assuming that you can you can troubleshoot anything technology related because you grew up with it. Gotcha. Yes, that is that's a stereotype I hadn't considered. But no, I have no idea how my phone works. So <laughs> I have <laughs> I an iPhone. <laughs> I have an iPhone eight, and my my toddler the other day was trying to get my iPhone to do facial recognition. I said, "Oh, honey, this model's way too old for that." <laughs> yeah, you need to you need so... to upgrade that iPhone for facial rec. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as as you're going throughout your your career there at Southwest Key, um, what do you see as next? Where where's your career going from here, Amanda? Good question. So, I'm really enjoying continuing to dive deep into the technology project management space. So, becoming more of a technical project manager, and I think once you learn the lay of the land there it's a really nice transition into an IT leadership role. And then down the line, I do want to be a CIO someday. Awesome. Awesome. So um, one of the things that you, that you mentioned to me uh, was that you, you occasionally, and I, I don't recall how often you do this, but you do, you called it a gap analysis on, on your life. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that process that you go through for that. Sure, Jeff. So I, I do have a very specific outline that I used to use. And, you know, a lot of things millennials do, here's another stereotype for you, is I suppose millennials make gratitude lists. Oh. And, yeah, that's a thing. It's, it's, a, it's a trope. And... I was, I was journaling every day, not making a gratitude list, but I would say, what are my goals today? What are my goals this year? What are my goals this decade? This decade? What are my uh, contingencies, observations? And then what am I grateful for? <laughs> yeah. All the way there at the bottom. Got to throw a few things in there. So I did that. I journaled like that every day for about three years. And then... Uh, something changed just the way I, I thought. And I was able to do that, that critical thinking every day, every minute of my life. So mm -hmm. constantly thinking about what's happening right now and um, how this particular moment is affecting future moments. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And I love the structure that you describe in that. Um, recently on, on status go, uh, I interviewed Craig Schroeder. Craig's a, uh, he runs a virtual chief information officer, virtual CIO uh, organization, but he's also a certified life planner. Uh, and he talked to us uh, on Status Go about this template that he uses to help people write their life plan. And and you listed off three or four things that he covers uh, in that. Uh, really. So, uh, yeah, to our to our listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode with Craig Schroeder, uh, go back and check it out because I think it will tie very closely to what uh, Amanda said here. The other thing that comes to mind, uh, Amanda, as you were doing this, I, I got to give a shout out uh, to a, a I call him a friend of mine. Uh, he's I, I met I met him on the internet. That sounds uh, I met him on LinkedIn. His name is Dave Lynn. How millennial of you. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I met him on LinkedIn. Dave Lynn is uh, his his moniker is the gratitude dude, um, right. and uh, he's he does this great thing on Thursdays on LinkedIn, 
where he will he'll do a three for Thursday, uh, and he'll give you he'll give you three categories that you have to respond in the comments with. I'm great. I'm grateful for this uh, based on the categories that he gives. So you should check out Dave Lynn. I think you'd enjoy that, Amanda. Oh, how cool! Thank you. <laughs> and, and to our listeners, we've also had Dave on on Status Go, uh, and you should check out that episode uh, as well. Well, we're we're nearing our end of time, Amanda. And as you know, because I I know that you've uh, you've listened to a couple of episodes of Status Go at least, uh, and we're all about action. We we've been talking today about millennial in tech, being a millennial in tech, and um, some of the stereotypes in, in that. Our listeners are, uh, they, they run the gamut of generations. Uh, mm-hmm. There's uh, there's millennials, there's uh, Gen Zs, there's Gen, Gen X, uh, and of course there's baby boomers. <laughs> so what's, what's one or two pieces of advice? What are one or two actions, I, better stated, that our listeners can do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? Well, first of all, TikTok is a great platform to learn corporate advice. So so my entire For You page is curated to be successful in corporate environments. Um, uh, There's some technology things I follow, so you can really get some some fun and uh, curated tips um, from TikTok. Learn how to make successful eye, eye contact from a dancing app. Why not? <laughs> from TikTok. Now that now that is a that is a strategy that I'd not associated <laughs> with this before. That shows my age, probably. Um, <laughs> but um, I I love that because you can learn so much. Uh, and and the other thing that you mentioned, and I, and I and I know it was kind of a joke, but not re- not really, is learn how to make eye contact from watching dance videos. What that points out to me is you can learn uh, business skills, professional skills from a lot of different sources. Uh, it doesn't have to be the traditional, hey, go read a leadership book, right? It can be from TikTok. It can be from uh, Facebook or, or other social media platforms that, that everybody uses. Um, so I love that piece of advice, uh, Amanda, is uh, look for leadership wherever you can. I think that's awesome. Yes, the world's inspiration, and you got to find it. Whatever, whatever speaks to you. Use technology to find it. <laughs> that's right. Well, I I have no doubt, uh, based on uh, just the little bit that I, that I know you, Amanda, is that your career is going to be successful, uh, and I have no doubt you're going to uh, be in that CIO role. Uh, soon, probably sooner than uh, some of us others uh, got to that position. So uh, I think uh, I think you've got a great career uh, still in front of you. So I appreciate that, Jeff. And to all the listeners out there who also have big dreams and all the millennials out there, all generations, um, I'll leave you with this. Steep yourself in confidence, jump scared. And in any interaction you have in the office or in life, do whatever it takes to secure yourself an invitation for next time. I love that. That That is a great way to leave uh, our listeners. Uh, and that's also some actions that you can take. Uh, prepare yourself, jump scared. I, I, I love the jump scared, the imagery behind that. So Amanda, thank you so much. Uh, I know you've got uh, 
a million projects going on right now. And I appreciate you carving out the time to talk to us here on Status Go. Of course. Thanks for having me. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. We'll have show notes. We'll provide links and contact information. Connect with Amanda on LinkedIn. Heck, connect with Amanda on TikTok uh, when, you, when you go out there. Uh, this is Jeff Tan for Amanda Salem. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.